Good morning, future Alex. It is day 30, and it is April the 7th today. I want to talk about why bootstrappers, and especially developer bootstrappers, should not add technology risk to their business, especially if they're building a SaaS. So what I mean is, as a developer, you have a tremendous advantage over non-developer founders in that you've already built software. Ideally, you've been doing it for quite a while, and you've been around the block. You've probably got a technology stack that you're comfortable with, and one that you know your way around. That's the technology you want to build your business on. Don't make the mistake of convincing yourself that if you use a new technology, then at least, if the business fails, you've learned something new. No, 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 no. That learning part is true for a failed business, but it's on the business side where you want to be learning, not on the technology side. Resist the temptation of a completely foreign technology and the associated steep learning curve. It's a form of shiny object syndrome, really. And oftentimes they have really good marketing. These new frameworks position themselves as the next hot thing. And yes, there may be even something to look at in the future, but not if you're building a company from scratch. As a bootstrapper, you want to de-risk your business, not add more risk right at the beginning. Now, have I made this mistake? Absolutely. Thankfully, it was not right at the beginning of a company, and it only cost me about three months of my time, which in bootstrapper terms is quite a lot. But those three months, they went to waste before I realized that not only was the technology not mature enough that I wanted to go with, the ecosystem, so the numbers of developers working with it, just wasn't large enough to iterate on problems and find solutions. And most of all, I just wasn't comfortable enough in my knowledge to make fast and correct decisions, which is vital in the beginning. You'll be making lots of unsure decisions in your business anyway, but don't let your own primary skill go to waste by choosing technology that you're not familiar with. So that's the first big point I want to make. But as a developer nowadays, especially a full-stack developer, you've probably still got a choice of many different technologies that you're familiar with. If you've worked for a small to medium-sized company where everyone wears a lot of hats, you've probably actively used different frameworks for your job and you know your way around them. So the next question is, do you imitate the architecture of a past app or past software system you were working on in your new bootstrap software? I would caution you not to create a massively complex architecture if you haven't yet proven that what you're building is even remotely what people want. Chances are you're going to rewrite large parts or even the whole software before you actually get to product market fit. I like to think of MVPs when I build them as prototypes that I can explain to a bunch of developers at a large company within one hour and they could start adding a feature. I want to choose the technology they would be using because it's usually very mature and quote-unquote boring, but it works, and it will still work years later, as is often the case in those large companies. If you build a multi-layered microservice architecture with a single-page app and some mobile apps thrown into the mix, talking GraphQL to any cloud-scale database, well, good luck getting a developer onboarded within an hour. Sure, it's intriguing to be at the cutting edge of technology and and you're seeing all these successful startups doing it. But if you're a bootstrapper, you're not in that league. You don't have time to waste on learning new technology. You don't have the resources to hire a team of developers to learn and build it for you. You'll have an easier time finding a battle-tested PHP developer to outsource to at a reasonable price than for the new technology that's currently on Vogue. 
Heck, I would even bet you have an easier time finding that same developer locally. But forget about that and just think about yourself for now. As you are growing your business, you'll have to iterate quickly on new features, fixing bugs and scaling up. And with less moving parts in your architecture, you'll have an easier time doing all of those. I'm not saying that you can't add the right technology for the right purpose. That's a decision you will sometimes have to make. But don't default to an architecture designed for a consortium-led IT project if you are developer, product manager, sales lead, and CEO in one single person. Okay, let me tell you what I do and what I've done. So I've been working on the Microsoft.NET stack since, I don't know, beta two days, roughly. So that's almost two decades. I've worked with many of the products in that ecosystem. I've built systems on non-Microsoft tech. I've gained years of experience on React, Redux, Webpack, and all the standard web stack technology as well. Basically, I'm, I'm a classic full stack developer on the Microsoft platform. But when I start a new project, I'll use the default database SQL Server, Microsoft's own object relational mapper that's in the framework, and the out-of-the-box model view controller web framework. It's the equivalent of starting a new Rails project with Active Record or a PHP Laravel on MySQL. It's a stack that is taught in any beginner programming book. There's this term founder technology fit. I don't know who coined it, but essentially means it's the natural choice for me, something I can do in my sleep. It's not a single page app, so you've got requests going back and forth to the server whenever the user clicks on something. It's a model view controller style system. But for a prototype, if you host it on a server with a reasonable response time, your users are probably not even going to notice or care. Same goes for design, by the way. Just use Bootstrap or Tailwind or any of the off-the-shelf templates in the beginning, and it will probably give you a mobile responsive version of your app too, which in the beginning replaces the need for a mobile app. Now, don't get me wrong. There are parts of an app that just require some JavaScript to make them more usable specifically forms that are in the main path of your app, in the critical path. So the steps that every user follows during their trial, for example. But there you can add some vanilla JavaScript or some lightweight JavaScript framework like AlpineJS. But it's not necessary to build your whole app in React or Angular just to make small parts of it super easy to work with. Will the tech be sexy and will you be talking about your tech accomplishments at the next developer meetup? Probably not. Does it get the job done? Yeah. And are you creating the least amount of overhead on your path to hopefully success? Yes. I'd much rather be talking about how I started a successful SaaS than talking about a failed business where the tech was really outstanding. I think if you go back a couple of episodes, you'll hear about a lunch deal site where I myself fell into that trap. Now, having said all that, you do need to evaluate each project on its own. There are certain use cases where you just need a single page app, for example, or a specific technology like machine learning. But the message I'm trying to convey here is that start from first principles and don't just copy whatever you used before. You do have to reach product technology fit too, so the right technology choice to solve the problem at hand. But I would guess for most bootstrapped software businesses, that can be reached with much simpler technology choices. Anyway. That's all for today. Please share the episode if you like it. Subscribe for further stories like this and go to futurealex.com for a full transcript and any links. I'll talk to you tomorrow.